Listen up, sheeple. Cav would have started this transmission with greetings, citizens. Cav was an optimist. Thought we could share this world. Thought we could work together for a common good. I'm called Shrike. I'm not an optimist. I know what kind of dirt we sweep under the rug of this mud ball, so listen up. E.S. claims this is a waste of her talents. I think she's just annoyed Cav rescued the Colonel before she could. Oh, and the Colonel. I stole a few bits of equipment from Argo during the invasion. A thank you is in order. Guess TC will have to think of some other way to blackmail me now. After saving everyone, I went to what was left of Cav's house and stole a few more toys, like this laptop. Seems I didn't need your help getting some movies after all, TC. Don't know why no one else thought to do that, except ES. She took her books back. Also, I don't know why Argo is ignoring Cav's corporation. Seems if they know that he's lost to the waste, they should wonder why he's still signing contracts, why he bought a new house. Guess they're just too busy reading Sheeple's email. Why don't you make a podcast about that, Colonel? Or maybe you can offer some clarification about the Hanoi incident. You've been dodging that one for ten years. And that's enough of that. Greetings, citizens. This is the Cavalier. Shrike's a nice guy, but once he mentions the Hanoi incident, he's not talking about anything else for at least two hours. I spend a little time abroad, and TC winds up scraping the bottom of the barrel to find a co-host. I mean, Emerald Siren? She'd be great if you think TC's plot summary I know you listen to this. Really? You're trying to use my computer to... Just stop. Just, just stop. She, she managed to kill a guy a few times, with help, and you suddenly think you can just take over his podcast. We'll talk later, my friend. The normal place. Bring everything. I have some tests to run. I promise they're not designed to kill you. But that will have to wait until tomorrow. I see Creed sitting out here already. He might think his questions are more important. Also, given your other news, I may need to ask Argo for a job. But it's going to take him about 12 minutes to get here, so I have plenty of time for the rest of this podcast. And, Tropic Cyclone, don't think I'll forget to mention you. You did good. I thank you. As additional thanks, your grandfather should just now be receiving an email from me. It's the prophecy we both ignored for too long, along with a key to decipher it. Funny story, turns out I wrote it. It hides the, uh, information your cousin lost during the invasion. Give it to your healers, they'll know what to do with it. I genuinely wish I could have done more, but there's this little thing called causality. Now I will give you the same warning you gave everyone else. We are still not friends. My mission hasn't changed either. Don't forget that. But let's get on to some movies, shall we? I'm even starting to depress myself. Now, if I remember correctly, the last two movies I watched were X-Men 2 and X-Men The Last Stand which means I should move on to X-Men Origins Wolverine, because Tropic Cyclone and I both just love origin stories. The makers of the X-Men movies got tired of shoehorning Wolverine into their plots about other mutants, so they decided to shoehorn other mutants into plots about Wolverine. It works about as well as you would expect. The movie starts in 1845 in the wilds of Canada. That's when young James Logan kills a man who may just be his father, or may just be his mother's ex-husband. 
it's established Logan's maybe father is a murderer, a drunk, and quite possibly there to rape his mother. But still, James' sprouting claws for the first time managed to defuse any and all immediate threat. Angry Jimmy, though, just wanted to be sure, I guess. After the murder, James and his older stepbrother Victor run away. The young boys make a pact to always stay by each other's side. We are then treated to a montage of every major military conflict of the next 130 years. Both of them brazenly show off their superior strength, agility, and inability to die. During that time, Victor becomes more and more unpleasant. And during the Vietnam War, he finally turns full-on rapist. Because that's the best way to save these movies. Make sure everyone knows Wolverine isn't quite as bad as other people. Escapism, guys. Try it sometime. Anyway, James and Victor get captured after that and executed by the military. At least, they try to execute them. By the way, did you guys really still execute by firing squad in the 70s? You know that's rather inefficient, right? Sorry, it's a, a long, rambling movie. I should try to make this quick. James and Victor don't die and wind up in a black ops military unit run by William Stryker. James eventually decides wet work is one thing, mass murder is another. He walks away from the team, literally. He makes no effort to stop the mass murder, he just leaves. He then moves to Canada and tries to lead a normal life. <sighs> I doubt many of you have done questionable work for the government, but those who might have understand that leaving is always temporary. So people die, including his schoolteacher wife, and James is convinced to come back into the fold. Most of the killing is done by Victor. James is also convinced to let them add adamantium to his skeleton, because otherwise this movie would be pointless. Then there's something about kidnapped mutants, and of course James finds out Stryker is behind everything. So he escapes. We then spend an absolutely interminable time watching James play detective. Really, really stupid detective. At least it gave the filmmakers a chance to shoehorn in more pointless mutant cameos. Turns out Stryker's plan is to build a mutant killer from the powers of other mutants. He calls this amalgamation Deadpool because... Well, because I think your English and our universe's English are very different. Big showdown. Victor and James have to work together to defeat Deadpool. Stryker scrambles Wolverine's brains with an adamantium bullet. A computer-generated version of the actor that played Professor Xavier saves all the mutants Stryker has captured. Then the movie tries to find a way to end. It has some difficulty for about ten minutes, but eventually the pain subsides. So what can we learn from this abomination called X-Men Origins Wolverine? 1. Why James Logan wants to be called Wolverine. 2. Where Wolverine got his style and motorcycle jacket. And 3. Canadians have southern accents. Hmm. Seems Creed decided to pick up speed. I better hurry it along. My second film is yet another Wolverine movie. It is simply called The Wolverine. It is longer, but the plot is not designed to sell lots of toys, so it's simpler to explain. It all starts with Wolverine as a prisoner of war in Japan during World War II. He's alone, no sign of Victor during this whole movie. Even though both Victor and Wolverine were involved in Operation Neptune in Normandy just a few months earlier. Well, anyway, James is in Nagasaki and has the worst timing ever. So, of course, he is there when a nuclear bomb falls. Right beforehand, a Japanese soldier tries to free everyone, and so James decides to save him. Well, 
I've survived a nuclear blast. I guess it can happen. I just had a bit more protection. Anyway, we then cut to many years later, after the events of X-Men The Last Stand. Wolverine is run off to live in the wilderness alone. That doesn't last long. He's found by a young mutant named Yukio. She tells him she was sent by the soldier he saved many years ago. Even though every movie leading up to this claims otherwise, Wolverine remembers his experiences in Japan. So, of course, he agrees to go visit the soldier, Yoshida, who is dying. Yoshida is also the wealthiest man in Japan. He has developed a way to take Wolverine's ability to heal. He wants Wolverine to become mortal again, so he can live. His approach is a little strange. Basically, he says he knows immortality is a burden, so why doesn't Wolverine make him immortal instead? Wolverine, of course, says no. Obviously, Yoshida had a backup plan. Lots of chasing happens, there's some sort of love story, and ninja from an ancient clan of samurai, and a mutant named Viper? It's, uh... <sighs> all very stupid. And more than a little offensive. So Yoshida finally captures Wolverine. He almost finishes the process of stealing Wolverine's power to regenerate. But, of course, he doesn't. So Wolverine kills him using gravity. Wolverine then flies off into the sunset with Yukio for future shenanigans. Because, it seems, nothing can kill the public's desire for more Wolverine. Lessons to be learned from the Wolverine. 1. The history of a sword named Danzan, for some reason. 2. Predicting someone's death doesn't mean they will stay dead, especially when you already know they can heal. But, uh, we knew that already, didn't we? And three, Wolverine forgives himself for killing Jean Grey. No word on how he feels about the movie in which he did so. And that brings us to Demographics Watch. For X-Men Origins Wolverine, we get three new white male heroes, one black male hero, one white female hero, and one Native American female hero. For villains, we get four white males and one Asian male. These numbers do include Cyclops, Sabretooth, and William Stryker, since in this movie they're played by different actors. In the Wolverine, we get heroes, one new Asian female, one new Asian male. Villains, we get two Asian males, one white female. That brings our totals to 44 white male heroes, 6 black male heroes, 5 Asian male heroes, 9 white female heroes, 2 black female heroes, 1 Maori male hero, 1 Hispanic male hero, 1 Native American female hero, and 1 Asian female hero. For villains we get 30 white males, 5 Asian males, 8 white females, 1 Asian female, 1 black male, and 2 Hispanic females. That basically brings this episode to a close. Despite the movies, I am quite glad to be back. And no matter what Tropic Cyclone may claim in the future, I am sure she is glad I am back as well. I will make every effort to keep you from having to hear from Shrike again. However... That will depend on how my conversation with Colonel Creed goes. Don't forget you can catch past episodes on Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, and at our blog at superfrenemies.com. Since I'm back among the living, feel free to leave me comments there as well. Or you can send me an email at thecavalier at superfrenemies.com. If you really wish to, you can also send emails to Tropic Cyclone at tropiccyclone at superfrenemies.com. So, until next time, citizens, I'm the Cavalier.